Maybe today's the day I break 80 Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading No OB and no bogeys I gotta keep it on the 80, it's the gold Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy So punch out the rough and tune to break 80 Break 80 Welcome to episode 28 of the Break 80 Podcast. Stouds here, and before we talk about who's joined us, I do got to mention my voice. It seems a little bit uh, not on its A game, and it wasn't because I was partying with Kevin Kisner last night. It was the fact that I am just have some bug going through me, so I apologize for my voice. But here with us to break down everything that's happening in golf, we've got the short-sighted one himself, Mike. Howdy. Hello, Mike. How we doing? We've got the generational ball striker, Timmy Clubface, with us. Perfect intro. <laughs> and we actually have a fourth this week joining us. And he's not smashing the little uh, white ball around. You can find him some slapping some pucks down in Mankato for the Mavericks. Mr. Northfield himself, Andy Carroll. Uh, thanks for joining us, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Well, we are going to uh, talk about the President's Cup that happened this week. We'll break down our thoughts. Um I also want to talk about on my IG, uh, G, IG page the other day, I said, I was just curious how many people did their own Ryder Cups and was surprised that over 50% of the people that, that voted had done one. So with mine coming up this weekend, I want to talk a little bit about the ins and outs of, of doing one, maybe get some of your guys' thoughts on how to have your own Ryder Cup or President's Cup so you get kind of the same feel as a real one. And then, of course, I'm sure we'll sprinkle in some other um, – things here and there as we, as we discuss. So let's start with the President's Cup. The United States wins their ninth straight, which I don't think anybody's surprised about. Um, total was 17.5 to 12.5, um, America winning. I guess Sunday gave us a little bit of, of drama. Things got tighter as tighter than they had been all week, but ultimately the USA closed out, which was uh, pretty much predicted by everybody. But we've got a lot to talk about, and before we get to any of the in-depth things of what happened, one thing I want to bring up, and you guys can you know, feel free to touch on any of this, but for whatever it's worth, I think this President's Cup, I've, all the ones I've watched, kind of hit me a little bit different. I feel like for the first time since watching one of these international versus America things, there was, you know, the internationals actually had what I guess would call cohesiveness. There was some sort of a team thing there that you could see and feel. And I think part of the reason why I can never live up to the Ryder Cup is because that Ryder Cup has that europe in um in common you know they're all from europe and they're all from the same area so i think you know when you're representing the entire world from all the way up to canada to mexico over to australia to asia i mean all over i feel like it can be a really tough thing and so having the diversity of that team for a week trying to trying to gel for a very short amount of time i think that's difficult and i think we've seen that in the last president's cup i don't think you have a lot of camaraderie there and for whatever reason whether it be language barriers common interests playing styles whatever it might be it just seems like it's a huge challenge so i want to think that trevor Everman must have done a pretty good job because from what i could tell the guys that he got to, to come this week you know, even with the guys that were not able to show up or you know due to live or whatever not he found some guys that that looked like they want to be there 
Um, I don't know. And the international t- team seemed to not only win over a lot of people from across the world, but even us Americans as well. So with that being said, and all this going on in, in, in the South Korean contingent, you know, we had KH Lee, Siwoo, Sunjay, and of course, Tom, went, Tom, Tom Kim, they were must-watch TV this week. Did you guys feel anything different than you had in a President's Cup viewing experience in the past? Did you feel like there was actually something there, whereas before it was perhaps fabricated or they pretended like they were a team? Um, what did you guys kind of feel? Hmm. Yeah, I, I I thought in their certain sects, because this was the largest Asian contingent that we've seen in a President's Cup, um, in their certain sects or areas where there was no language barrier, I thought there was a ton of cohesiveness and the energy was fantastic out there. I actually think that the American crowd probably gave them a little energy too, just because of live and everything. I think that they got a little backing that they might not normally have gotten just from golf fans who are glad they were there and not in live. I don't know. Um, but I would have to agree with that. I think like what, I mean, obviously Trevor didn't have a, a whole lot of time to prepare for this um, as much as, you know, Davis love the third, obviously with, Stenson getting booted as as captain he probably didn't have the obviously he's probably got a stats team saying you know hey here are the guys who match up but for him to you know take those group of guys and and you know I guess put them towards a common goal I mean obviously they didn't get the win but it was at least closer than what we've seen in past years and I think a lot of those guys because of the departures of your standards you know your leishman's um, Stenson yeah, in previous years, et cetera. Um, I think they had something to prove. Um, you know, I think they probably walked in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Um, I mean, I don't think those guys are oblivious to reports or, you know, Trevor can say all he wants, like, Hey, you know, we're just as good at players as them. But when the overall world golf rankings, the disparity between us and the international team was that much, I think, they knew that they were underdogs, and so they probably just came in with a little bit of a chip, which was kind of cool to see. little emotion. Yeah, I mean, the international squad, the one thing they have going for them is they literally can, you know, they're not expected to do anything. So really, they have nothing to lose. Every time they, they tee it up, there's really nothing to lose. There's no pressure on them ever. And where the USA has a ton of pressure because they're always the favorites, and they're, you, you talked about the disparity of the world golf rankings. This is one thing I want to ask you, Andy. So from what we witnessed, it seemed to me that a 20-year-old, the guy that's never played in the President's Cup before, he's 20 years old, the youngest by far, seemed to be the heartbeat or the, not to say he's the captain because that's probably not the, not the, not a, a way to say this, but where, where, where people kind of drew into him and his energy. Now, as a person that is on a current um, you know, hockey team, Division One hockey team, where it's competitive out there, what it would be like if a freshman comes in and kind of tries to, you know, in his own way, take the reins or, or try to, you know, get this ship steered in a certain direction or bring energy. Is that so I could see like an Adam Scott or Hideki. Are, are they going to really take that or, you know, how do you think they, they kind of perceived him, you know, having this this big uh, showing or or trying to lead this team or whatever you want to call it? I 
personally as an upperclassman i think it'd be awesome um if i'm one of those you know older guys on the team like i've you know you, you talk adam scott hideki right guys who have solidified their spot in the world of golf as well as you know a, a, a rock for president cup for a guy to come in at 20 and bring that energy that he showed and that emotion um I think it was, I think it would be super cool. Um, I think it was super cool to watch um, his ability to, um, I guess, just kind of create a little bit of buzz um, is something that I think the rest of the team probably took and was like, Hey, like we got a 20 year old doing this. Like we should probably bring a little emotion and they probably drew off that a little bit as well. Nice. Uh, Jeff, I got to correct you. There's no 20 year old freshman in division one hockey. They're all like 26 year old Canadians uh, <laughs> and they come in as freshmen because it's all crazy and weird. Well, I'm thinking back to when I was a sophomore in high school on our, we had a really good basketball team. Joel Prisabella went to the NBA was on it. I could just imagine if I walk into the locker room at halftime and we're not playing very well and I try to say something, they would just literally probably punch me. Like you're not speaking in this locker room, but that's part of the leadership, right? I don't think they put off a vibe that anybody else should be talking here. If the older guys are okay with it and they're, you know, it's just those dynamics that you just don't quite know that goes behind the scenes. Like, you know, maybe they had tons of, you know, I don't, I don't know if you call them. Uh, yeah, that's the biggest challenge I find with the international. They just don't have any sort of connections other than here's two days to get to know one another. Do they do that? Do they do like, um, you know, what do they call those get to know me games? Or like, I just don't know how that looks in a locker room like that. And I'm very impressed that uh, they seem to, to enjoy it and come together. So that's kind of what I'm saying. He was, he well, was they walking. did have the, uh, they had that event, right? The international team put together an event uh, right before the Zurich where uh, your boys had to sit out because they were having so much fun. Oh, Mito and Mito and Jocko. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They're in the French quarter. Um, <laughs> well, I think he, well, he was two and three. He did a losing record, but to some extent there for a while, he was walking the walk. It's one thing to, to be the, to be the young guy and, and, you know, talk, talk it up and then not perform, but he, he performed under pressure, I guess, to some extent for a while there. So that's that the that exact was... same thing. Like uh, going back, you know, you asked me like if a freshman comes into a locker room and says, you know, just starts talking and telling people what to do. And I don't think that's so much in, in, you know, you're not doing that in golf, but uh, to be able to back it up with, as you know, like I said, as he went two and three, but he played some stellar golf um, on a bombers course where he's not a bomber. So love to see that guy in, you know, a couple of years on a tighter, more accurate bound course. I think he could be a, I don't want to say a scare to the U S but we got plenty of young talent ourselves, but I think it was uh it was a really cool spectacle to watch. He also, sure. well, I, he also I want to know what's going on with, yeah, he did going on with our recruiting or not our recruiting, but the international recruiting. So let me bring it back to 2020. Slovakia is looking for a player. Oh my God. And my God, if they don't Sabatini. find one in Rory Sabatini <laughs> who got a citizenship through his, I think his second wife's cousin who got him onto the Slovak golf association. So Ron's not a, a, yeah. Silver medal, right. Was it silver Based or on those recruitment tactics to get onto an Olympic team. I'm just wondering, did the international team try hard enough with some of the roots of their players? Is there a, an obscure marriage that happened or 
a dual citizen somewhere where they could have really loaded up their team. And what could we really make of this? I got nothing for you, Tim. There, I, I don't know. Kim Jong, Kim, Kim Jong Il. He's <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. All he gets is hole in ones. That's probably a hell of a golfer. I, reportedly, hell of a golfer. Put it on pay per view: Donald Trump versus Kim Jong Il. <laughs> two um, two compulsive liars of their golf score. Well. <laughs> Let's let's rewind a bit. Let's kind of talk about you know there's 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 four rounds of of teams. Oh, and Matt Morose, sorry, Matt Morose too. They've got uh, two foursomes rounds, which is you know a lot of people call it all shot, and then they got the the four ball, which is the best ball. So they got the team events out there. Let's kind of do a little rewind and just talk about if you guys could. Let's start with the foursomes. So basically, an alternate shot format. Um, there's nine points available. I think the U.S. end up winning six. Anything stick out of you stick out to you guys in terms of some of the groupings that you saw, teams you enjoyed watching, strategies you picked up on, because that is a different beast. If you guys listening have ever done it, it is a very difficult thing to do when you're trying to hit every other shot um, with a with a person and and have trust that they'll put you where you need to you know put you. And it's not an easy thing. So if you ever if you've not done it before, um, I suggest just trying it and seeing what it's like because it is a different different animal. But anyway, anyways, what do you guys think of? of the uh foursomes um well as a fan it's my least favorite one to watch i'd rather watch both guys playing their own ball and trying to make birdies than uh that alternate shot but um let me go back here i mean you gotta you gotta look at the cantley and xander group i mean they absolutely yeah, they, annihil- they annihilated the international's best team so so scott and hideki just that that was a good that was a good tone center if you ask me like you start with that so the two best guys right away get smashed. My take right away from that first foursomes is that that um, I think Zach Johnson's got an incredibly easy job for the Ryder Cup just making the pairings because you uh, Cantley and Shoffley play together every time. Just put them together, and same thing with Spieth and Thomas. Just put them together, and I think you put Finau and Max Homa together too because they pair up really nice because. Finau is a bomber, makes a lot of birdies, and Homa is one of the better ball strikers out there, uh, and they won also. So I think I think I was looking at that. I was thinking about that the whole time. Like, if you are the Ryder Cup captain next year, why do you even fuck around with, with even thinking about anything else? Like, just put those put those three teams out every single team event, and you're gonna have a good chance. And you would think, you know, and you still got scotty scheffler and sam burns to, to try to find somebody with too so i mean there's so many options out there and um you know we'll talk about each golfer i mean obviously there's guys that were probably disappointing and there were some guys that probably played above that we thought they would but that uh that actually what's weird about the foursomes first day when they went they won usa won four out of five matches outside of that ass whooping two up was the highest um win for the us for the us team so yeah. they weren't there weren't blowouts. There were there were some good good matches. Um, you know, some came down to the, to the last hole, a couple of holes. So, if if a couple of those change, you know, the four one right off the bat, pretty much put the U.S. in a in a spot that they were hoping to be in. And what I mentioned the week before, we talked about it. I'd like to see the U.S. just kick ass, or the the um, internationals have some sort of fight where it's close. Because if it's kind of like a slow bleed to death. That's kind of the worst viewing, don't you think? Where it's just kind of they're just losing two points and losing two points and losing two points every meet. So it was kind of fun to see see the groups in gel. Um, as far as foursomes, here's my question to you guys: If you had one USA player 
that you wanted to play foursomes with. So that means that you gotta hit every other shot, know their strengths, know their weaknesses. What USA player would you choose to play with and why? Let's start with you, Mike. Oh man, foursomes are talking alternate shot here. God, what do I do? Do I do I roll with Patrick Cantley because he wears the same four or five year old football <laughs> that I I've <laughs> I, I been wearing forever. Hmm. Now let's see. You know the the logical. There's so many ways I could go with this because and my game is so shitty right now that the logical thing would be find somebody that can putt. But then I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't get off the tee box right now. Also, so it's like I want somebody to hit that hits the ball. But if I was gonna take somebody, I w- I'm gonna take the ultimate team player in Ryder Cup and president's cup and that's my guy jt because he has a dominant record and it's not because of singles he's not a great singles player he is the man when it comes to any of the uh partner stuff he's like 17 5 and 1 or something like that in the last in all those events what do you think about him makes him a guy that people want to play with or a guy that you know people obviously play well from the team aspect what do you think about him as a obviously he's very talented but there's got to be a little bit more than just his talent because everybody can make birdies in the PGA tour and these, you know, European yeah. international squads. I think he feeds off, he feeds off a little bit of energy. Um, and I think he's another guy like, like, let's say I'm playing with Justin Thomas and I'm just constantly hitting him into shitty spots. You know, he's <laughs> a guy that can carve out shots and he can play all kinds of crazy fucking shots. When I put him behind a tree here and put him behind a tree there. Um, that was going to be mine. So I got to come up with a different one because that um, was exactly where I went to. I'm like, who can recover? Who's the best recovery player? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I just think he's, uh, I'm not sure. You know, it's hard to say his record is so good, but he always plays with Spieth in a lot of events and they're so good together. So I don't know. I'm not sure why he's so good. He just, he ta- I think, I think he takes almost probably to an extreme he takes offense to certain things too like you watched him he, he takes offense to not getting putts given all the time that sounds just like you mike <laughs> i know like i know you. i know and siwoo <laughs> siwoo shushed him, shushed, gave him the old uh shush you know finger and he got just pissy he was just pissed walking away you could tell i like it we'd have we would have a fiery group we'd be we'd be carting i was gonna say well we'd be carting of course but it'd be, it'd be a fiery cart all right timmy how about you well, uh, as a, a generational ball striker, really don't need to to bring on a big iron player with me. Um, but I do want someone that that keeps it relaxed, keeps the vibes going, and over anything else, really moves his feet. So that the divot pattern I make with my own feet, as I really dig in like a batter's box on the tee, doesn't show up as much. So I got to go with Scotty Scheffler. I know his record wasn't great this time through. Um, but I just I love that that high cut because it's kind of where my tired body here at the end of the year has gone back to. Um, so I think we can go out there and play a pretty similar game. And he looks like a dad, so he can kind of take you under his wing. You know, talk about things, talk about life on the way down the fairway. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm quite a bit older than him, though. So I think <laughs> I need to give out the the lessons. I don't know how valuable that's going to be. Like, let me show you the bad side of the tracks, kind of thing. You know, you, you drive past the bad neighborhood. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's Scotty. I think we're just going to vibe out there. Sounds good. Andy. Um, this is, this is going to be an interesting one, but I'm, I know this, me and me and this guy are going to lose some holes probably with 
bogeys to pars, but I'm going to go, uh, I'm going Cameron Young. Um, I think we're, we'd, we'd both hit just the, you know, we're stepping on be like, Hey, swing hard, aim left. And hopefully it cuts 10, 15 yards and we're in the fairway. Um, both can, both can move it. And, um, I think that like, obviously he didn't putt well during the weekend, but he played really solid. Um, and he's just been, I think he's one of those guys that is going to come on the scene and if he can figure out that putter with that wrist lock, super stroke or whatever he's got going on right now. Um, I think he can also like recover pretty well. Um, he, I mean, obviously he can make birdies on birdies and you give us enough opportunities with wedges or short irons in your hand. I think it's could be game over. I like that that pick, Andy. I'm not sure how long you listened to the podcast for, but I'm the OG Cam Young uh, fan. So he's he's the man. We have a little we have a little bit different uh, transition move. Uh, I'm I I get it up there and I'm moving in a hurry. And I like sometimes I'll watch this thing. I'm like, dude, how do you just sit up there and then pull the trigger? But he he can bring it through, man. That's for sure. Yeah, he owns that swing, and people are kind of there's kind of you know little talkings out there. He's he's kind of bringing the the DJ vibes where he's just not very he's kind of stoic on the course, not very high, never very low, so it can kind of keep you even keel. You know, he's not the let's go kind of guy. Um, so, I take care of that one for him. Yeah, so maybe you do the the high <laughs> exhilarating things, and he just kind of keeps it even keel. So I'm actually going to go in a in, in a route that you guys never win, and so I, I've got a guy that you guys never mentioned. I think. Um, is it Jordan Spieth? This, this is yes. This is Jordan <laughs> Spieth, and the reason why is he will put. I I don't mind. I, I'm not fairway very often anyway. So either way, off the box, we're gonna be kind of comfy no matter where the guy puts us. You know where he put each other, he'll be just fine. If I if I put him in the woods, he puts me in the woods. All I gotta do is punch it close to the green, and then he'll chip it to two feet, and hopefully I make it. So I think we could be kind of dangerous on the foursomes. Um. And then he can putt. So if I hit a shitty chip or don't hit a great wedge, put him to 35 feet, can still be buckets. And, uh, yeah, I want to do the big balls thing like JT did after he sinks one. I think that would be kind of fun. Um, so I'd be I'd be a Spieth guy in that, in that instance. I on that sure. foursomes thought, what were our thoughts on um, – I mean, obviously we got the win, but or U.S. got the win, but no Horschel – or um kids in foursomes i felt like that was going to be like their kind of bread and butter like dink it down the fairway put them with you know let's just say morikawa who's obviously one of the best mid-iron long iron players in the game i thought that was going to kind of be kisner's role and not try and go you know make birdies by yourself in a in a four ball match from 234 out on you know hitting five wood on 18 i just i feel like that kind of i don't know what were your guys thoughts on that i don't think there's a lot of spots for those guys because you only throw out what four teams first day is five five first day is five well you you already have three set every day you know those three i talked those three i talked about are going to play as many matches as possible so then you're down to only two teams and what do you do i don't yeah, do you sit the number one player in the world? Probably not. You know, and well, well, those the, two the female, are just oof. the female Homa team wasn't established yet. Like, no, not yet. But they, perform. you could tell, you could tell they were they were a good pairing. Um, 
Well, now you can, but how you know going but into you, what he's kind of saying. No, I, but I yeah, think, go, maybe yeah. not that first. But after that first round, you could tell that Finau and Homa were were good together. They worked really well. well. What's what's the what's the teammate aspect of either one of those guys? Too. I mean, both came into this with with good records in match play. Gizner, but really not good. necessarily good records in a in a, a team setting. I mean, you got one guy that kind of scoffs at things, and you got Billy Horschel who's just throwing shit all the time. It's not not the environment you want for an alternate shot kind of. I think kids, it's a pretty big ballpark for kids to like, they were, they were giving him shit about how he could barely get to some of the fairways on, on some of that. I'm actually surprised Jeff didn't pick Billy Hill. That would have been, can you imagine the self-talk? Can you imagine the self-talk going on? In that just, just well, crazy. hey, Steve is just the same. I mean, he's, I get to talk to Michael Greller too. I love to, I love to just chat with him after I hit a shitty shot and say, Michael, but but you know you're you're kind of right. I think the biggest reason why is yes, Kisner is pretty straight and he can putt. But if you think about it, these other guys that can hit it 50 yards past are just almost as straight, and you still have a what club in. And I think that's kind of the big thing there. Like imagine like you know Sam Burns is if you look at the stats is pretty much pretty dang good at all phases of the game. You know what I mean? So you don't really lose out on anything, and you have the potential if he's on. The ceiling is so much higher. Wait. I think that's kind of now. If you get in a little dirty, you know, tight little, you know, rink where you've got to really mix and match and, and and fit it in tight spots. I mean, Kisner's kind of more of a. It almost seems like he's got a European game to him a little bit, you know, because yeah, he's yeah. can tight. He can piss you off with making ten foot par putts. He can, like he said, think of it this way. Can you imagine somebody plays the whole perfect perfect drive? Stuffs it to 10 feet, lips out for birdie, taps in for par. Kisner drives it 263, a little, you know, a little left or right, hits it, you know, maybe, you know, misses the green, chips it to eight feet, and then makes par, and you walk away with the same score. You know, it's, it's like it, is it can the, be infuriating. It's the worst. And I think I said it on here before early in the year. We we're talking about match play. I've played in a whole bunch of match play tournaments, and there's nothing worse than always hitting second but always having pressure on you because the guy that hits it way shorter than you is always on the green. Just a straight hitter puts it on the green, puts it in play. And you're always every single time thinking, fuck, I can't, I, I can't fuck up this shot or I'm going to lose the hole. Uh, but I, I think I'm looking here. They paired him with Cam Young and Finau for the, the four balls. So I'm pretty sure they're pretty cognizant of, uh, you know, let's put him with some guys that are going to bomb it out there and make some birdies. For sure. Well, let's, you know, they won six out of nine points. So I think the foursomes groups are pretty, like you said, they're going to be pretty set tier two for the Ryder Cup next year. But um, let's talk about the four ball. Now, that's a little bit different beast. Um, USA won five out of nine. But this is also the the group on Saturday afternoon where the internationals kind of make them, I think they got within four, 11 to seven, because they won three out of four points. Um, you know, four ball being that you just basically have to make birdies. And the thing about this is I know team records – you know, team records are your records, your record. You lost your one, your one, but you can have some ridiculous play, play super well. And because you didn't either ham and egg it all that great and still not win, you also can play not that great and win. So it's just kind of a weird beast when it comes to four ball because birdie, you know, birdie is pretty much even, even sometimes when you birdie, eagles will take it. So when everybody's playing their ball, very difficult to, you know, I would say go earn a hole because there's so many chances for birdies. So what do you guys think of that uh, four ball? 
any teams, any particularly? Obviously, we'll get to the one match with Cantley and Xander and, and Siwoo and and Tom Kim, but just in general, forward ball. Any any thoughts? No, just a birdie fest. I mean, that that's to be expected. Um, Mike, you were saying you're surprised that in a format like this, that like um, Sebastian Munoz didn't get. Yeah, um, as much run. I know. I know that they tied. I mean, they tied Scheffler and Burns, so he plays four ball there, and he played four ball again. So they did figure that part, but he didn't play any foursomes. He didn't play, I, and I don't. I, I'm sure there's some sort of uh, maybe he's not straight enough off the tee or whatever. There's probably a reason, but he was pretty good playing. They had a tie. They had a tie. They tied Burn Sunjay M and Sebastian tied Burns and Scheffler. They beat Moon Sunjay and Munoz beat Finau and Kisner three and two, kind of pumped them. And then he won his singles match, didn't he? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, they sat him twice and he was two oh and one. I'm he not, beat Scotty Scheffler in the singles. So I I'm mean I'm not dude... sure. Uh I'm not sure. Yeah. Beat Scotty Scheffler in singles. I'm not sure why they sat him twice. That's that's kind of bizarre to me because they played they played Cam Davis a lot and the two Canadians all the time, and they were terrible. But he's your prototypical four ball player. I mean, a dude that can just make birdies. I mean, shoot a 62. No, you never know when they're going to shoot a 62, but they also got a you know 75 in them too. Yeah, four ball four ball is way easier to figure out than foursomes. Foursomes, you gotta you gotta really sit there and think about. Okay, t- you know, who do I pair up together? Who's good off the tee? Who's you know whatever? Uh, four ball, you just kind of like to me. That's that's where it got weird. Like I'm watching it, and I, I'm trying to think who did in the first round. No, who did who did kids play with? Camion. Um, he played with Camion. So like, in, in the four ball. To me, yeah. to me, I'm I'm looking at that as like. Cam Young's a very good driver of the golf ball, right? Mm-hmm. And I I saw a photo that PJ Tour Presidents Cup posted where like Cam Young was averaging like thirty plus yards closer to the hole than Kevin Kisner. So if we're talking like let's go out and make a barrage of birdies, like I would say probably Kisner's ceiling on that course if he puts it lights out, which he did not is what what do you think his ceiling is in terms of taking it low out there on his own ball like a couple under yeah man yeah. like a 68 or something probably which You're like right. to me like that's where like i mean i'm gonna go back to my ceiling because i i'll stand by it is like you put him down the fairway with a very good iron player in foursomes and there's a very good chance that like that team's not like you're gonna like if you put Colin Morikawa or a Cam Young, Max Homa with a seven iron, let's say on average and on a par four versus a wedge, you're going to force that team that you're playing against and force them to go make a birdie to beat you, right? And then you look at it where if you're giving Cam Young an opportunity to give Kevin Kisner a pitching wedge or a nine iron in, you bring much more, I feel like a lot of more birdies in than you would having Kevin Kisner play his own ball, knowing that he's going to make maybe three birdies, maybe four if he's playing well. And then it feels like Cam Young's just kind of playing on his own ball, trying to make as many birdies as he can. 
Yeah, and Davis Love at that point also we won four points in the first you know day. So he's probably just thinking, let's make sure everybody gets in the second one. I'm sure he wanted to set the tome on the first one. All right, let's get Kisner. He sat out. Let's get Horschel. He sat out. Let's at least throw him in there. We've already got a nice padded lead. Let's see who does. But I think I agree with you. I think he would be a better foursomes player because not only would he get his drive out there. Now, if you have Marikow hitting an iron in, who gets to now putt? Kevin Kisner. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, yeah, he'd probably be a better foursome player because he's not going to go light it up birdies-wise on a course like this by his, on his own ball. So good point there. Timmy, anything from the four ball? Oh, Any fun much. teams that you really thought were, were fun to watch out there? Any fun matches, four ball-wise? Any I'm two days? Gonna, I want to talk about the Cantlay C. Wu one, but anything It wasn't a that? live event, so I, I didn't watch much of Saturday. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, you know, Spieth, and, uh, Spieth and JT are fun to watch together. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They vibe. I mean, they're they're good buddies. I mean, that's that's part of why this is fun. I mean, you know, you always thought – I thought this was interesting. You know, they forced kind of the Patrick Reed-Jordan Spieth partnership, you know, but there was something that wasn't – well, nobody Fully. likes fucking Patrick Reed. Nobody well, then that's part of it. They were, you know, there's those three people with t-shirts. <laughs> they, they were successful, but there wasn't that from either end. There wasn't that, uh, you know, they, they could get business done on the on the course, but there wasn't anything deeper than that. And that's kind of where JT and, and, and Spieth kind of have a little bit, obviously being really good friends. I think they mentioned that even. Being able to play with my, one of my best buddies out there is just, you can't describe it. And so they're going to play hard for each other, and, and uh, they've been very successful, so... Kind of fun a lot. Let's talk. Let's talk about the Siwu Tom Kim Cantley Xander matchup. Now that's where things finally got rolling. Now I know Tom Kim had put on a a spectacle even Saturday morning because he was part of the um, foursomes group that I think him and Cage Lee took down Sam Burns and Scheffler. So he already had some momentum going in the afternoon, and then they go up against a team that really has been lights out together. You know, just quiet assassins. Don't say much. Both Xander. Xander would be another one that I think a lot of people could play with, you know, because he's not doesn't have a ton of weakness, very even keeled. They, um, uh, but they share a common bond too because they're both fucking horrible dressers. Xander's bad too. <laughs> I don't think he's that bad. Him and Cantlay. Xander I see it in Cantlay. I don't see it in Xander. I don't know who's working at Adidas, but the shoes they had on Xander Shafi were like an old man lawn mowing shoes. They were so bad. <laughs> um. Well, the the story goes, Xander and Shaffley, I think they're pretty much up most of the match, right? Yeah. I mean, I think they got up to at one point um two up. Let's see, they got to Are one we talking point. Hideki versus Hideki and Tom versus Canley in in round two, four ball? Yeah. No, this this, is, this would have been this would have been Saturday. I think it was was it not who was it, Burns or was it? Are we talking the Saturday? No, no, the Sea the Sea Wu one. Yes, we're talking about Saturday, the one that kind of got the momentum going yeah. for the international. Uh, Xander and Cantley were two up through ten, one up through fifteen, and then lost one up. Lost one up. Yes, and that's where we got the fireworks. I think the eagle. I think Tom Kim makes eagle. Yep, they made a three on eighteen. Well, that was Bert. That was his birdie shot. That's the two iron that you were talking about. Two hundred thirty something yard two iron. Oh, yeah, yeah, they made a birdie there. That was on 18, so that was a birdie, but he made eagle, I think, on 11. 11, 11 to get okay. to one, yeah. 
And that's kind of where he started the show. And we always get that. The back nines kind of get the, the fireworks going. And that's where he turned it on. And Siwoo with the broomstick, which I didn't know. When did he start using broomsticks? I have no idea. I have not maybe, seen Maybe Hideki should try that. Hideki should try a lot of things. They, they mentioned on TV that they're like, you know, Hideki's known to be a putting is his weakness, but he never tries anything different. They're like, they're like, why would you not try something different, <clears throat> Tim? It feels uh, weird. If it feels you, weird. Yes, just keep putting like shit, apparently, Hideki. Uh, don't try anything different. Because Hideki missed a bunch of short ones. So that match was the last match on Saturday, and it brought everybody to, I think, 11 to 7. Right? And the international squad won yep. three out of four points, gets them some momentum, kind of brings you back to Medina. You know, going into singles. Now, in theory, they do have a chance on Sunday, but knowing the individuals of the talent of the United States, I think nobody was, you know, shaking in their boots going into Sunday. But um, before we go into the singles that, that happened, I think that was probably one of the more entertaining parts of the of the uh, President's Cup. Any any other points to make before we get into singles? Nope. I'd like to make uh, a quick like to... shout-out to Tom Kim's caddy. Uh, oh, yeah, after yeah. he made that putt, uh, walking back out with the putter and uh, tapping down the spike marks uh, for the for the fellow grounds crew and singles the next day after they uh, ran around the the green after he poured that putt in. That's a good point. Do you guys know who Tom Kids, Tim Kim's caddy was? Ricky Fowler's ex. Yep. yep. Joe Scavron. Yep. So I thought that was interesting too. Can you imagine like caddying for the international or the Ryder Cup? You know, the Europe squad, that'd be kind of interesting. That was a swaggy putt, though. Just that big sidewinder, and then he's, t- he's walking it in. <laughs> he's walking it in as it's diving in there. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was Mike absolutely- would be looking at us like, really? I got to putt this? I would have been like, <laughs> exactly. I would have been like, from like 10 like, feet. I would have been like, fucking A, missing the low side again. Not enough break. You would have went and grabbed Siwoo's putter and laid it yeah. down, but you would have absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. That's a better move. Look at my boy JT. He does it all the time. Exactly. That was a turning table. We can discuss that. For sure. All right. As we transition to the singles aspect of this event, um, you know, strategy involved with who you send out, where you send out. I know that's kind of, again, the captain's choice of what they do. But I really wanted to see, and I've texted Mike and Tim about this, I really wanted to see Tom Kim first out against JT. Because I wanted to see the heartbeat of that international squad take out JT and get everybody pumped up, riled up. I think everybody tuned in to watch Tom Kim because he basically got everybody excited. And uh, knowing that they went out 10th, I was bummed about that. I was bummed kind of about the order. I like that he's playing Max Homa. I thought that was a great match. But the fact that I kind of deep down knew that the match wasn't going to matter pissed me off. I thought Tom Kim should have gone out first. Uh, little little did we know that Siwoo Kim was more exciting than Tom Kim was in that match. Siwoo was shushing was shushing the crowd. He was fired up, beat Justin Thomas, who's not a good singles player. We've, you know, you've seen that before. He's got a losing singles record, even though he's on pace to more than likely be the the best American uh Ryder Cup or President's Cup player ever, more than likely looking at his current record, but he's not a great singles player. Siwoo beat him. So I think that's smart move by the smart move by the by Immelman. Now I don't know, <clears throat> you know, the Ryder Cup, they throw out the whole lineup, you know, and then you match it. They do it different at the presidents. If you watch it, they do like an individual. So I don't know. I, I wasn't paying attention to who threw who out first. Did we threw Justin Thomas out first or did they go Siwoo? 
yeah, we did, we did first and God, that was so slow. You think they've all the analytics up. Uh, it was one hell of a way to spend but, a, a Sunday was, morning. Was Rocco Baldelli trying to figure out what, who should go where? <laughs> no, it was, would be painful. it was Davis love taking all the time. It's like, dude, damn analytics out of here. Well, part of it's like the bears. It's like the bears showing up to make a pick for the NFL draft going, we know you're going to waste it on the quarterback <laughs> and we know it's going to be terrible. They have uh, 15 receptions by wide receivers through three games, by the way, as a team. Uh, they're terrible, but they're two and one. Um, anyway, um, I think part of that when you're the captain in the singles is you're trying to figure out where you can get full points, especially when you're behind. So like, like look at the second matchup. Uh, Cam Davis was like a sacrificial lamb, basically, against Spieth, who was playing great. Um, but you didn't, if, if, so if they it, probably had first pick there, right? Cause if we throw JT, then they get the next one. Is that, is it like they, a snake? It goes back and forth, I believe. So they had the first pick. So I think they probably knew if you throw Tom Kim there, now you're putting him up against Spieth or, you know, and now you don't know if you're going to win it. Now it's up in the air. Um, now we could have, I, I suppose they threw Cam Davis out and then you could have waited and you could have put a Kisner there or something, you know, or, uh, but then at that point you want to put you want to get a full points. So you're going to put a good player there and try to get that point, especially when you're closer to winning, because um, you know you need those points. You want the full points if possible. So I don't know how I don't, I didn't pay attention to how it all uh, went down. I was watching the Vikings kind of like everything else in in sports nowadays. I think some of this is just overthought. I mean, match play these dudes can all make birdies. I mean, it's not a 72 hole stroke play tournament where. You know, you've got to have strategy. It's about 18 holes of who can get their ball in faster for that 18 holes. And any of these guys on tour can pretty much shoot a 63, right? They can, but I think singles, there are track records of players in singles. Some players are better as a lone wolf with their own ball. Than, look at Tiger. Tiger had a god-awful Ryder Cup-like record overall. Shitty for the greatest player ever. But in singles, he had a winning record uh, in singles matches. But he was terrible in the other matches. Like for how it's good because a was. you're right because Tiger's mindset as a golfer never is about thinking about other people. He's thinking about yeah. what I need to do, and this is it. And so that mindset, I bet, can be very difficult for some of those guys that have only ever thought individually, never, nothing to do with the team. I can see that being a big hurdle for you know if you're the best player in the world you are obviously doing a lot of things individually really well and then to try to match with some other some other guy or try to figure something out can be tough and so i think i can see that with some of these guys but honestly when it when it comes down to it golf is golf i mean it is but like you look at cantley i don't know if cantley's i think i think he's won every singles match he's played in the Ryder cup and the president's cup because i think he's that kind of guy that just does doesn't talk to anybody he just goes about his business he's just and he's good that spieth match got me a little scared early i mean he was two downs or two yeah well that's homo what he was, does homo was he down does. homo was down three to tom kim and then Tom well, Kim, yeah, Tom that's... Kim was not good in that match. After those first few holes, he had some terrible golf shots. I, uh, I was looking there. I was listening to something today. Um, they said that Max's splits in that round, he shot forty-two on the front nine and thirty-two on the back nine. <laughs> oh my God! Sounds like me. Some well, of the, in... sing the, the singles matches were terrible. 
Xander and Corey Connors was a Pillow disgusting, fights. disgusting match. Uh, what did what did I think it made it to eighteen? Right. I'm trying to look here. I get it. And that's why I don't get like all caught up in what everybody's record is because you could go out and play just an awesome round of golf. Sam and you can get zero points. You could play. You could shoot horrible and somehow win a point. It, like it doesn't. It's not like stroke play where you have to play well. You can play just lights out and still lose. I mean, you can make a birdie and still lose a hole. It's just, it's just, it's a tough beast. And the best players that can do it just have a different mindset. They can kind of flip that on, and know really when it comes down, you just got to beat one player. I mean, there's no you, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. Are you referring to the albatross over at the Sewer Country Club when you say you can make a birdie and still lose a hole? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> you could have made Eagle and still lost a hole against me. Yeah. I thought I thought you were referring to when you play Tim and some guys can just flip it on and Tim on a tough track can just flip it on. Like yeah, Tim said, like, just like flips it like, on that back nine. Like yeah. he says, he claimed. I, I have evidence that would refute that from, from recent <laughs> matches, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, so, Mike, you're, uh, you're not quite the folding chair that Jeff is in the last couple of holes. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, that's just, yeah, it's just the way. Speaking of which, uh, I know we're going to get into it. I, I'm not sure if we're going to do it now, but your Ryder Cup thing. No, we're going to get into that in a second. I want to talk a little All bit right. more about these singles as we go on. I mean, like I was saying, you, like, nobody would sit here and say that, oh, Scotty Scheffler's going to lose, lose to Sebastian Munoz. But when it's 18 holes and it's match play, that's why I'm like, the meat, the, 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 the dispersion between players really narrows in when we get to this format. And I don't, I don't look at it as huge upsets here and there. I know people, you know, there's a Vegas books and there's odds, but you know, really when it comes down to it, it's two really good players. They both can golf and it comes down to a couple holes are here, you know, not giving any away, I think is a big part of match play. You know, I think Max Homa gave a bunch away early, made doubles, made, bogeys tom kim you know took advantage of that just by getting his ball in the hole sooner but wasn't playing that great yeah and then the next turns it on and, and all of a sudden you know you're only you're up three holes and all of a sudden you look and blink and you're down down one so yeah i mean singles singles a little more predictable because you got you got cantley and Finau have been lights out in singles matches in Ryder cups and in president's cup so you know that they're solid well part of that too is nerves though i mean like if you maybe you know you got patrick cantley you know he's an assassin you know he's quiet you know he's gonna hit a shit ton of greens you know he's gonna hit shit ton. you're gonna put out of pressure on yourself to probably perform yeah sure you know but what about scotty scheffler who won what was the deal he was not he was not in good form though the whole the whole thing he did not hit it great Scotty Scheffler hit one farther right than I did against you, Tim, on hole 17 at Giants Ridge. <laughs> that so it, went, so it, it went straight right, like literally sideways right, and that, to get farther right than yours. Exactly. So even the best players in the world can find a different spot in the club face. But um, anything else from the singles? I mean. No, I, I just have one thing in general from for the, if the President's Cup people are listening, which I'm sure they are. Um you know, do we think about moving the President's Cup in two years away from Canada? The Canadians were 0-8. They did not win a, even half a point. They were 0-8. Is there a penalty for that? Do we move, do we move this thing somewhere? It's going to be at Royal Montreal. 
Uh, great golf course. But they, they, they didn't show up. I say we move it. Go to somewhere else. Go to Sebastian Munoz's home course. I don't know. Well, when you talk about disappointing players, I guess on the international side, you can definitely throw in um, Corey Connors under that. Did not did not perform well. Anybody else from the international side that I, you just I, thought you expected more out of and they didn't give you? I actually thought the other Canadian would be would be good. Pendrith, because he's like third in the PGA Tour last year in birdies. He makes a shitload of birdies normally in, in stroke play. He was terrible. So I don't know if nerves got to him well, or some what. Well, some of those guys, even Corey Connors, has he been on a big stage yet? Oh yeah, Corey he Connors has, oh, yeah, he's got wins. He's I get up. that, but has he like been on a backside? I mean, this is the deal. Like, you cannot hide. If you play shitty in a week, you miss the cut and you go home. Yeah, right. He's he's top. You are on the, the stage, no matter how you're playing. You're on the stage. I'm talking about like having a chance to win a major. Having a, you know, he's never played in one of these before. I mean, he didn't look like he was too comfortable. He uh, he's been in top contention at Augusta. He's top ten Masters. Has he? Well, yeah, for well, sure. Corey Connors. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I my I couldn't hear that for a second. Broke up. I would like to say, yes, Pendrith is like obviously he hammers the golf ball. He lost three and one to Tony Fino. He made five birdies. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, at that kind of a golf course with some of those pins and some scenarios where they were, um, I mean, I think to go out and compete with that. I mean, Fino won the holes where Pendrith made a bogey or two here and there, but to play, you know, put up five birdies and lose a match three and one, like, I mean, I guess that just kind of shows the depth of United States golf when you're throwing out Fino, what, middle of the pack, and it's like, uh, good luck. Make five birdies, you're still going to lose. I know the feeling. Tim and I's match at Southern Hills this year. (laughs) Southern (laughs) Trills? (laughs) Yeah. There have been a couple others along the way, too, but you can't throw out Canada. Just want to go back to Mike's point. Can't throw out Canada because the Stanley Thompson design. (laughs) Don't want to throw away a good golf course just because you don't you don't like the hosting company. No, not something to, mention, to think about. Not to mention great food in Montreal. I ate at a lot of good the, places there. The poutine? Oh, God. Montreal might be the best food city in North America. Did you see, though, um, some of the fastest falling real estate? So, pro tip, we're, uh, we're switching in as the golf season quiets into anything you want to talk about. The real <laughs> estate markets in uh, New Zealand, uh, part <laughs> of uh, Australia, uh, Toronto and Montreal fall, uh, falling the fastest of anywhere in the uh, the world right now. Uh, Toronto, predicted great, to Toronto. fall 20% by the end of the year. Toronto, great city also. Are you saying maybe Break 80 Pod buys a little real estate next to Terra 80 in New I, Zealand I, or something? I think we should. Yeah. I think we should. We better wait till it hits rock bottom, though. And we better, we're going to have to work out the sponsorship. We're going to get that. We're going to buy some land. With little Net Jets. We need a Net Jet sponsorship first so we can get yeah. over there to our new home. This point might be something that nobody's thought about, but you guys realize right now to get into Canada, I'm pretty sure you have to be vaccinated. Nope. They've cha- they changed that now, I think, just today. I don't know. My dad goes to Canada. seems like every other week fishing. COVID doesn't exist, Jeff, even though you might show, have just You need to show certain things of vaccinations and this and that to get through the border. So I'm just saying. I'm, I'm vaccinated. Saying, I'm cool. We're good. I don't know yeah. if you know certain guys in the squad are not on the uh, the internationals or the the yeah. Americans, but hopefully by then that's all over with and done with. Otherwise, we could have a, another um, Djokovic on our on our hands <laughs> where he just chooses to not play. So, um, 
Well, I, I would, you know, going to, you know, have our own, if you're going to have your own, anything else, by the way, before we move on to, to just talking about Ryder Cups? You guys have a team, team MVP for, for each team? Yeah. I can get you an MVP. I guess we were talking about disappointments. I forgot. I would, before we get to, I definitely was going to say that Adam Scott was disappointing. He seems like he always is, though. Has he ever really he was, played he well? He was better than Hideki. He won more points than Hideki. Yeah, but I still, like, just playing-wise, it didn't seem like he played very well. And I would say, obviously, on our side, Scotty Scheffler didn't play like the number one player in the world. But I mean, um, I think it's what? It's Immelman for coming in um, after after yeah. they threw out their their former captain to bring people together. And then, I mean, it's got to be Spieth, right? Well, so Emil, well, you're saying Emelman's the MVP. Emelman, I don't think that's a bad pick. Emelman's MVP of the uh, of the internationals. Well, yeah, he just got kind of thrown into the mix. You know, it's like, ah, huh, yeah, thanks for picking me second as a side thought. But those did guys, he no, he did cohesive. not. He did not. The Ryder Cup was Stenson. That's different. Stenson thing. is the Ryder Cup. Oh, yeah, Emelman. That's on me. Emelman was. Emelman's been there. I think the international Siwoo was the best player. He was three and one. Siwoo was their yeah, best but player. Again, does. I'm just saying, does the record show like, yeah, so I guess if you want to just go MVP if we won the most points, that's great. But I got to give it to Tom Kim just because he he gave people something to watch. He put more eyes on the screen. Tom, if you're listening and you want to come on the pod, your hugest fan in the world is right <laughs> Dude, he made me like actually want to watch this. I, I really came into it not have, being too pumped about it because it's always a snooze fest. Nobody gets me excited. Um, yeah, it was a big moment. I would actually argue with for the Americans. Uh, obviously, Spieth was five and all, played great. That Homa, as a rookie, was he was undefeated, made a huge putt in that one match, um, and was really was just rock solid the whole time. He was four and all. He well, could have been five and all with Spieth if he would have played one more match. But remember, records don't say don't say everything. Max Homa did not play well for a lot of the front nines of all these events. I mean, he. I think him and Billy Horschel made like two or three birdies. That was it. Well, thankfully, they play 18 holes, Jeff. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. But like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they won the game. Wait, they won, yes. But could you imagine if they went against a group that actually, you know, did something? I mean, that's where these 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 scores don't tell the full story. Like uh, Max Homa beat Tom Kim. Your guy. Yeah, okay, tell me how him and his team partners play because I don't think. They lit it up by any means. Uh, him and Finau beat the shit out of Siwoo and Cam Davis, four and three. Uh, Siwoo, who was the best international player. Um, Horschel beat the, they beat the Canadians. Who did, him and Horschel beat the Canadians who didn't win, if, if anything. Okay, so tell me this. This is in, is this four ball? This is everything, foursomes. Homa played four out of five in matches. Four, in four ball, Billy, let's see how many birdies those two made in four, four ball. ball. Horschel and Homa, let's see. One, two, three. Um, three birdies uh, overall. I'm seeing three in the front nine total. That's with them all together. Back nine, I'm seeing not much going on either. But three, one, birdie, three birdies in the front nine and one, two. They made, great, they made but... like they made like as a team, as two guys, they made five total. Yeah. So but... where some of these guys literally made six straight. Like like I think it was Sun J M and his partner 
just did not take a hole off making a birdie. Sure. So part of it's just who you go against and, you know, of kind course. of the luck of how well you're, you're placed. So I don't think records always tell the story, but Max in his first event did step up, did play both, well. Both, both captured well his picks, too, on the United States side, which, again, depth. When our when we're saying that our, our two MVPs were both captain's picks, that's a scary sight. That's a good point. Well, Spieth is – has been a train wreck the last few years to not be able to get to not to not play for him to be able to not play himself in without having to be a captain's pick with live guys leaving because Dustin Johnson would have been on the team probably might have been the only one because the other guys are all shitty um I don't know yeah is Brooks yeah. dead might be Tim and I, Tim and I <laughs> yeah Tim and I, I mean, Tim and I didn't even watch him couldn't he, didn't even watch him play in Chicago we were I, talking I kept about that to go we were talking about that yesterday we were talking about that yesterday. Like, we were saying, like, you know, would would the American team look vastly different? And obviously, so. Zalatoris injury brings in another one. I mean, that's another guy. It's like, wow, like, yeah. we'd, Ryder, we'd, 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 the Ryder Cup team, is, Ryder Cup team is going to be stacked if they're if yeah. they're healthy and stuff with Zalatoris there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you think about just I mean, sorry, Kevin Kisner, but you take him off the roster and you throw on Zalatoris, boy, that's dangerous. Yeah. Oh, one more thing I want to point out from that golf course: how it's normally hole eighteen. They hit it playing. I think it's number fifteen. How fucking hard is that tee shot? They get the street. The stream goes down like the middle of the fairway almost. There were so many balls in the water. It was crazy. What's uh my? I mean, this was me, you know, young high school kid. But like when I saw that pop up, I'm like. The only thing I could get in my out of my mind is Ricky Fowler from top to bottom orange at the Wells Fargo, and he just like <laughs> stuffs that wedge to like four feet to get his first win. But oh, he's coming back. We'll see. New mm-hmm. irons in the bag. Decided to go away from his, you know, Tim. Hey, for us, Ricky's going to a CB. Maybe maybe that's a a shot at us for maybe maybe we need to reevaluate our iron set. He's Sounds not like he's quite not a the ball striker, ball striker anymore. He's, yeah. Yeah, true, true. Ricky's Ricky's handy is probably at least a four and a half if he plays if he plays Shamrock in some of the courses we play all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ricky also, I mean, just kind of he went back to Butch too, so he's trying to kind of re- relive and find it when he when he used to, I guess, have it, quote unquote, have it. So we'll see. Well, I've got a Ryder Cup coming up this week. Actually, it's President's Cup, but just kind of talking about if people are going to have these, what do they need for it to feel like it's successful, feel like it's something that is very similar to what you watch on TV and formats and things like that. And it can be tough because in a real one, there are no handicaps. There's no, everybody's just expected to, to just play your ball out with no certain advantage or disadvantages. What we have kind of gone to is we've, we've tried to keep handicaps out of it. Okay, we have, I believe, 12 and 12, 24-person Ryder Cup. And each team has a A and a B player. Um, I think it's something like six and six, six A's, six B's. Um, And what we've done is we've tried to formulate our groups depending on A and B. So, like, for example, we do a format where it is best ball. And you can have only in basketball, you can only have two A players together going against the other team's two A players. Therefore, the B team 
players would go against other B team players, and we do the picks just like they do it. We throw out a group, they come come back with one. So you don't get anybody, you know, that's just overwhelmingly better than anybody else. And like match play, we talked about, you know, all the the median of of a good player kind of comes in a lot when you're not having to do a stroke play. So that is one way that we've thought of it that you can still play your ball, not have to worry about, oh, this is the number one handicap. So-and-so gets this or that. Um, and then what we also do is uh, we used to do alternating shot straight up. It's terrible. Don't do it. And, and it was, and it's just not, we, we found over time, it's just brutal. You know, you, you put a, you put a B, a B player. Cause I think we did, we had to do a, I think at that time we, we said it didn't matter who you're with. You could just throw a B, two B P guys, two B guys to the wolves. They might to play two really good ape guys, and it's not fun. It's just a wasted point. So we decided we threw we threw that out out. Um, and and I know some people do the modified where both guys get to tee off, or you have to pick, you know, that kind of a deal. I know that it can be if you're doing a little bit more where it's, you know, everybody's sub sub ten handicap or whatever you want to do. But I found that the scramble is a little bit more fun. Um, and we only do nine holes of it, so it's not like you know some people don't like doing scrambles, but if we do an A B player, so I have to be with the B player, and we have to play against another A and B player. So that's kind of how we've found. And then when we do singles, it's A players versus A's and B's versus B's. That's the only way that we found to be successful, where somebody doesn't feel like they're just going to get your ass kicked, or you know, it's no handicaps. That's the other thing. It was a pain in the ass trying to figure out who gets a stroke here, who does the stroke there. Um, any thoughts that you guys have on how, as far as formats go? Well, first off, I don't, I don't know how you're doing a Ryder Cup against a different A player that's competitive when I'm not there. <laughs> so I just, I, I, I don't know who got invited. I don't know what the rules were. It seems really weird because we're we're tied right now on our grudge match match play. Uh, Tennis uh, elbow Tim when he's ready to play. He gets the oh elbow, yeah, he gets the we'll knockdown shots going. I guess the course probably wasn't a top 100, so I didn't get the invite. But yeah, uh, it's Wapakata. You guys played Wapakata in St. Cloud? Nope. So I'm about to. So the Europeans love, or the internationals love, to pick the tight, narrow courses with trees because we got some bombers. Um, they like to take drivers out of our hands, kind of like the true Europeans like to do. So it's just pretty much developed trees left and right. You can you can punch out, but you probably aren't going to be able to go at the green. Um, very slanted greens, not undulated. So they're slanting one way or the other. Fun course. I mean, pretty, you know, pretty old, pretty developed. So I don't know. It'd be interesting. But other than formats, I mean, anything that you guys have done for yours that you think have worked? I would agree with your statement about the the alt shot. We've, we've tried it in past years on, on our trip. Um, and it is, it's like you're on a trip and it, it's all depending on, you know, how many days you're, you're going about this, right? If you're True. there for two, two and a half days and you're jamming in 36 a day, like you want, like you, you don't want to go there and hit half the golf shots half the time, right? Like you want to go, you like you're paying the guest fee or the green fee, whatever it may be. Like you want to be able to hit, hit the shots that you are, um, We've gone to, we do um, a four ball in the morning um, where everyone's just kind of like, 
you know, we wake up, we had a fun time the night before you play your own ball. Hopefully one of your players is, you know, covering your butt on a hole, you know, hung over, whatever. And then the afternoon, um, we usually do a little bit of mix between, we usually do a, a scramble. So obviously two V two scramble. Um, and then, uh, the other side is usually, um, a model shot. And we found that that last nine with a model shot, um, cause you're, you know, you're pretty fatigued. Like you've played 27 holes, bodies yeah. are a little banged up. And then we actually do, um, we have a smaller group, so we only have 12 total. Um, but we do, uh, an extra point per day for most combined birdies made per team. So you obviously circle your birdies. And at the end of the day, whoever makes the most birdies gets that, you know, additional, um, point, which makes it kind of interesting because coming down, you know, your last day, um, you could still be, you know, getting your butt whooped in a match, but you can, you know, make a couple birdies and possibly get a point that could be influential. So that's kind of fun having a little side side thing to, to focus on. Now, my question to you is in your 12, do you have a wide variety of skill or is this like all players are reasonably close? Cause that's yeah, so, the biggest problem I think most people have. I would agree. So yeah, I mean, I, we, we have a, he'll, he'll, he'll be happy that I'm, I'm telling you. So we have a kid from my hometown Northfield um, was an all-star high school golfer um, actually grew up in Edina, moved down to Northfield, um, came in as a I think sophomore or junior and kind of like took our number one spot, um, for good, ended up playing at Luther. He's actually one of my best friends and, uh, camping trip. He, he unfortunately, um, gotten a little bit of an accident where, uh, his right arm is completely fused. Like he has no bend in his elbow. Um, yes. but an ab absolute stud. Um, he actually just shot, I don't think any of you guys have played Northfield, but so he had, I think this happened two summers ago now, um, the following summer from the tips at Northfield, which is like a top 20 hardest course in the state, I believe by slope and index, uh, shot 78 from the back tees. Um, so went from basically a zero, um, and obviously with the gin, yeah. as we all know, um, there's the soft and the hard cap. So he went from a zero and he like ended up, you know, he's shooting like 82, 83 now um, to they're like the handicap wouldn't let him go higher. So we had to like make a, you know, play to the MG and be like, Hey, here's a situation. Like, can we get it reset? I think, so now he, yeah, I think if you put on a new arm or basically reset, yeah, put valid, valid, right. That's a so, valid. <laughs> so, so to get back, so yeah, we, we range this year, we ranged everywhere from, as we were talking about earlier, before we came on um, our cross-handed phenom from Northfield uh, shot. He's a plus, I think he was like a plus 2.8 at one point um, when we did this. And then obviously we range all the way up to, um, my buddy was, uh, probably like a eight now. So we do have a pretty wide range. Um, that is a, a very interesting, uh, topic when we are gearing up for our trip on, you know, he's fighting for strokes. We're like, no, you don't need that many. Like I've seen you shoot 66 a million times. Um, but it is an intriguing, like for us with that, with only 12 guys total, um, we do have to give strokes, but the other team gets to choose which holes they get them on. We don't go off handicap. Um, 
we usually, you know, a lot of courses, um, I, I don't know if you guys play a lot of net golf, but seeing that every, you know, the four par fives are one, yeah. two, three, and four. Total and it's bullshit. like, you can hit two terrible golf shots, terrible drive, a good punch, punch out, out and, or something, yeah. and, and, a, and a mediocre third, and you have a putt for four net three. So we always try and do it where the other team gets to pick. So if there's a par three, that's, you know, I don't know if you guys have played Lasonia where we always go, but like the 10th hole, it's, we play the back tees. Yes. Like yep. 250, oh, you know, he's hitting like a bunt driver. Right. So it's like, we usually give him one there. And so it just makes it a little more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe, uh, you have to think about a little bit on where you want to give it. Do you want to give it late? Do you want to give the strokes late and hopefully the match mm. is done by then? Do you want to get them early and get them out? Um, but I think it's a fun way to not just strictly go off of the the course's index, um, but rather the other team gets to pick. So just other a fun than, idea. Other than you got to like, you know, put that in the whatever. And that's, that's what I'm like, getting to next is part of it is how do you organize and keep all this, you know, recorded and i know that we've always struggled with you know people want to see the live leaderboard they want to see who is that where because it could impact what's going on and it's fun to see oh my point's going to matter here as it gets to this um i know that we're going to use Squabit this year we've never used it before for the Ryder cup it's a it's an app that has have we found recently that can do a lot of different formats and we've used other apps in the past but they haven't been that great um, you know, the, you could do the old pencil and paper, but then nobody's updated unless you're on a text chain. So I don't know. That's the other part that makes it fun is having that live leaderboard. So everybody knows who that's going on. Now, when we did ours in the spring, we used Gamebook, but everybody still was aware what was happening. Like we came down to our matches on 18. We knew exactly where we stood. Um, it, it, that that's fun, right? That's, that's what you want. You want to, you want to know that this hole or this thing means something because that's the the pressure of what these guys, not to the extent of these guys, but they kind of feel, and that's that's what makes it a, a fun event. So, I didn't know you could petition the state to hand, for some handicap. Uh, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> you know, I'm thinking <laughs> if a guy just lost his game, does that work? I wonder if that works. Like, if, they, if they ask for your reason, I just say, I don't know. Last month, hey, guys, I, I put on 25 pounds this last year. <laughs> I got fat. I got fat. I can't, tur- I can't turn over the ball anymore. Can you guys help me out? Yeah. The only other biggest recommendation I would give, um, especially if you're, whether it be big group, small group, um, and obviously if you're looking to travel outside the state is, you know, if it's a once every three, four year kind of deal is go to a place where they offer an all day rate. Yeah. Um, like I think some of my best memories from Ryder cup formats with, with my friends are, you know, you play your, uh, your four ball in the morning and then your foursomes in the afternoon or whatever it may be scramble, whatever. And then you go out for, um, you know, that, that late nine where it's, damn near pitch black on seven, eight, and nine. And you do a, you know, four V four scramble or something like that, where it just, you know, you put a little, you know, just a friendly wager or something where it's like, Hey, this, you know, these guys got to buy dinner tonight or whatever it may be. And it just makes it, I think, a, a real cohesive atmosphere that way. Cause obviously it's competitive, but if you're going on a boys golf trip with everyone, you're, 
you're probably close enough to be able to still have fun with it. For sure. I agree. And I also think too, like if you're doing a two day one, that's, you know, that could be, sounds like you guys do a two day. We do ours is actually four. Holy crap. Yeah. Most people are going to be doing a four day rider. We do only a one day because we've, now we've got people with ton, you know, kids and it, you know, we, we hope to do it a two day at some point because there's nothing better than talking about it. Like we had, we got an opportunity this spring to do the Giants Ridge one where you get a chance to talk in your, um, about what's happening in your villas or wherever you're staying. Like that's, that's, that's a good time, you know, and then you get to pump up about what's going to happen the next day or, and things like that. But we only do a one day or, and it's, it's 36 holes, but it, you know, you feel like you're kind of, you're missing something. I think it's the, the camaraderie staying and, and chatting. We, you know, we have a few drinks after, but that's about it. So we're a um, bunch of golf addicts. Exactly. That's what everybody is. Anything else from just advice, Mike, Tim? Nope. Well, before we say, say goodbye, uh, we gotta, you know, we've got this, this athlete on our podcast and we gotta get to know a little bit more. Um, so Andy senior at Mankato, what are your prospects, uh, going into your final year? What, what do you, what's your uh, what are your goals? What are you looking to to, to make happen? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, with with last year our our run to the national tournament and eventually uh, to the national championship game uh, where we lost, um, it was it was truly a special run. It's been a long time coming for this university, um, but I think that there's some definitely some some spots to fill um our goaltender and dryden mckay uh who won the hobie baker um and he's off doing big things in the the pro hockey world so um definitely some spots to fill but we're excited about um the progress and the the underclassmen who are coming in and um i think it's kind of a expectation that's been set here the past you know 10 years since coach Hastings arrived on um, we're going to compete for that every year and um, truly be, be, you know, we won't be happy with anything, but the winning our last game. So. Well, I am uh first of all, I, I got a one year degree from Mankato. I got my drinking degree down there. Um, How's the the old town of Mankato doing these days? Anything? What, what's happening in this place that I once knew when I was very young, uh, nineteen year old? What's 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 uh, what's kicking in Mankato? Yeah, there's there's been a lot of change. Um, some changes on campus. Um, obviously, the uh, the old Gage halls of the the days of Vikings training camp when they come down and stay in those are have been knocked down and uh, parking lots and uh, we've built some new. Um, freshman dorms that are, you know, ridiculous. I think I, when, when I moved in as a freshman, my parents were like, Oh, you guys got four people in here. We're like, no, just two. Like, this is our, well, they call them sweets. Like you have a sweet mate. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, it's an unbelievable university. And, um, from what I've heard, the, the party, uh, life of Mankato has, uh, diminished a little bit. Um, but I think that's also in, uh, reflection of um, some things in the, the world we live in now um, in terms of parties and getting shut down. But um, we definitely, uh, we have a good time down here and um, the community's an unbelievable support behind us. So it's been fun. 
Can you explain to the listeners what exactly a maverick is? I know the logo is a, is a bull or a cow or something, but what exactly <laughs> is this thing? It's a, it's a great question. I, I think it's a, a, a fierce cow. No. Oh. I, I, I wish I could give you an honest answer. Um, growing up in Northfield as a raider, I, I'm, I've had some interesting, uh, interesting logos to, to play for, but no, I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I guess a bull is a better way to put it. Um, I got a good question for you here. What is, what is more, a more stressful situation? Let's say, yeah, let's go with a a four foot putt to win a golf tournament or playing a hockey game at the four foot putt. Playing a hockey game at the at the Sanford, but we're talking Sanford Center against Bemidji State here. The top, the creme de la creme, the Harvard of the night. I make I make this joke, and I think, um, you know, the old saying, "Preparation breeds success." Like I step up onto a first tee or a four foot putt, and I go, "Yeah, I hit like ten putts on the putting green today. Like I should be able to make this." But I've spent my entire life crafting my my hockey game, whether it be on the ice or on in the weight room or whatever it may be, to the point where, like, stepping on the ice for a national championship game, like, there's no nerves. Like, you just like, hey, I'm I'm prepared for this moment. Um, but you step over a four footer, or even for more, worse for me, the first tee of a golf tournament, and I'm like, who I hope we make contact. Just get it past the the front tee box, and and we're living life. But it's uh it's definitely something where i think you're when you know you're prepared internally um sometimes the stresses go away but i also think that hockey everything's moving right like you don't have time to be like okay like how's my grip am i aimed correctly like or you know rock the shoulders don't use your hands like you don't have time to let the dark demons the little guy on your left shoulder <laughs> tell you, oh, don't don't shove this one a little bit. What do you so, Andy, you mentioned uh, a little bit of the weight room, a little bit of power there. A lot of hockey players I've noticed tend to hit a big draw. They really get slotted really well. Is there anything that you pull from your your hockey days that corresponds to your golf swing? Yeah, it's I'm I'm an odd breed in that I actually play hockey left handed. Um, which, you know, probably is the reason why I'm a pretty poor driver of the golf ball. Um, not used to having the, the long stick moving right-handed, but um, I think it's one of those things where we understand how to use the ground and then obviously like be able to square something up at impact, um, whether it be a stick or a club. But I have noticed that. I feel like if you're uh, like for me, when I go out and play, my buddies give me shit because they're like, you think you're Bubba Watson? I'm like, dude, I can like, you guys have had Brent on before. I've seen Brent a couple times. I think I've hit zero path once. And he goes, we can't have you do that. He goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes, you swing it, you swing it too fast. The odds of you doing that over and over and over to have a perfect zero, zero path face. You're, you're never going to be able to get it. So I, my buddies give me a hard time and hey, you, Tim, you said you're the best, you know, ball striker. I consider myself yeah. a genera I consider myself a generational shot shaker. There's a there's a hole at my home course and um about 370 par four. And you know, a lot of people just play like five iron and then hit like, you know, nine or wedge in. 
Boring. I take out the four wood and I set that thing and I am probably my back's probably closer to my target end target than <laughs> you know my feet are lined at and you know, I can slot that thing in and it's like I, I can hit an 80 yard snap hook forward that still can carry 255 260 on command but you ask me to hit a straight shot zero chance <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. You get you get like, and that's kind of apicado this week. You get a you get a tree line where you don't have any sort of, you know, imagination of what you got to do. Those are some oh. of the hardest shots there are. Straight golf shots, like straight par fours with trees either side, are my nightmare. That's why Lynx golf is the best. You can just you can just hit it up there, whatever you want. You want to drive, yeah. you want to fade it, you do whatever the hell you want. Just as just as golf is meant to be played. Exactly. I got a good, uh, so growing up in Northfield, was it a requirement that you ate, ate multi meal cereals for every single breakfast every morning? <laughs> That's the no. multi meal, Jeff. And, um, how about the not the cereal? How about the actual multi meal, the stuff that came in the box and you they had a chocolate version? I had yes. this a bunch when I was a kid. Remember this one? You pour yeah. it in, then you like add milk and like put it in the microwave. <laughs> It's the craziest <laughs> shit ever. It's like a weird powdery stuff. No, I've never had that. I don't even know how to explain it. Jeff, you know what I'm talking I've about? Ha- I've had those, yeah. I we... I mean, that's going way back. I remember like now <laughs> you're, I'm tapping into something I, I forgot that I even did. But yeah, we're going back to like when I was six or seven years old. Oh, man. yeah. When I was that is gross. Little... That's like a Minnesota uh, cheese grits. <laughs> Only worse. It's kind of that's what it so is. It's kind of, it's kind of a, gr- a gritty I don't even know how to explain it. It's Malto Meal. It's actually called Malto Meal. It's like their signature product back in the day. Oh, that's and, disgusting. Uh, and you you would pour it in the bowl, and it's like grainy. Yeah, it's like a weird – we always got the chocolate flavor. And then you'd, like, put it in the microwave, and it would, like, cook and, like, puff up. And then you added milk to it and just ate it. <laughs> I don't know. I did it all, <laughs> so the time, it, all the time when I was a kid. We ate it. I wonder why it's not around anymore. I mean not- – <laughs> So if we're if if we're on the the conversation about Mavericks, about just those standoutish folks, but also on a conversation about Northfield, Andy, do you see yourself more as a um, a Jesse James or a townsfolk? <laughs> the townsfolkers. That is a good question. Um, man, I don't. Yeah, I I love a good defeated Jesse James days. just just happened can't beat the cheese curds unbelievable golf tournament that we host um but yeah it's 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 been a cool part about uh growing up and just people people come to that and not many people come to northfield for many things other than that so it's fun to fun to be able to have that uh as part of my youthhood and some of my friends still come down for it so it's been fun why, why have you, why have you, it sounds like you've decided to pick Northfield country club over like Will and George or something, you know, whatever down there. What, what about that particular yeah. course? Is it just somewhere you grew up playing Is that? Why? Or, or yeah, I mean, I, Willinger's what's your, what's the, I think I grew up playing there. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to brag. We have some, like, obviously I think I know a couple of buddies who are out of Willinger's like some Lakefield guys, um, <clears throat> but Northfield it's, hard to explain um we it's a cool thing and a bad thing i don't know if you guys are range rats or not range rats but we don't have a range on site Uh, Um, don't need one so you step up and like we have a range half mile away that we own 
um, or the club owns. Um, so you, you know, like, you know, big tournaments, big match, like you go warm up for a little bit, head over to the course. Um, but we've just, it seems like in, you know, the past 10 years, um, we've just collected more and more like really good players. Um, we have our club champion this year, um, lives from, lives in St. Louis park and he just can't leave Northfield golf club because he's just, it's one of those courses where I think selfishly, I think it's one of those where you never get sick of playing it. Um, pin locations, challenging, um, greens can get crazy spicy, you know, during the summer, early, early fall. Um, yeah, I don't know. We have, we have a, we have a pretty good, um, crew of people that, um, like we have a single scratch match play format with 32 guys. Um, so fun. Wow. Yeah. It's, you know, you, you go there on any given day, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like you're, you're able to find a game. Um, and going back to our Ryder cup format, no strokes, which is very fun to play with, but, and you know, it, it also helps when you have uh back to back, state champion from your hometown and i've i've never learned more from someone who's five years younger than me um on on a golf course because that kid is an unbelievable athlete and obviously he's already in the lineup at notre dame and so nate stevens if you're listening to this you you, you teach a lot of 20 and 30 plus year olds how to play the game of golf better yeah other than he didn't go to the golfers i'm i'm cheering for him not to mention that uh, Willinger's is a par five where you have to hit like a six iron off the tee, which just immediately is out. It's just out. And then that, uh, what is it, 13, that like par four where you see like six yards of fairway and then there's hazard left, hazard. Yeah. It's got some it's hokey a, holes. Yeah. Hard, well, but hokey. I think we've come to find out that the people is kind of what makes the golf. I know we all like chasing fun golf courses, but if you've got a good group of people, there you know that kind of adds to your experience of probably you enjoying the game as well so like anything else finding a good crew of people is always a an added bonus when it comes to not only that but playing a decent pretty good golf course too so it's awesome. well anything else boys with andy before we say goodbyes well good luck this season down there yeah Thank kick you. some ass man make my my i don't even know if you can call me an alumni but close enough make us proud down there i'm a, I'm a maverick at heart I love it. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Take care. Absolutely. Maybe today's the day I brigade. What the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80 is the gold. Did you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Oh, look at this shot. It was amazing. Break 80.